The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And Mickey just couldn't wait until Thursday <laughs> uh, to talk about the National Football League draft. He had to get in a day early. And so here we are at 1 o'clock on a Wednesday with a special edition of Mick Shots. And in the case of Everson Walls, it will be 106 on Wednesday that he will be along for this edition of Mick Shots. And we're happy you're along, too. And uh, Mickey, how you doing? Have you have you? You uh, got rested and recovered from the draft over the weekend. You know, I was just thinking when I was kind of looking at all my stuff, I'm going, gosh, the draft seems like it was a year ago. <laughs> it, was, it was only, what, three, four days ago it finished, and it seems like it's been so long. But, yes, uh, I have recovered. Uh, and uh, and you've got, uh, let's see. Copious yeah. amount of copy here got- between – Draft choice bios, last year's stats, round by round, the Cowboys' nine picks, and this is my uh, big green notebook here. There you go. That's right. I've got my big green notebook here, which I haven't put back in the drawer for next year. I still will use it for a little bit to look back and, and analyze not only what the Cowboys did in the draft, but all the mistakes that other teams made in the draft. <laughs> Uh, and but first off, uh, are you disappointed that you will not be covering a Cowboys game either in the UK or in Germany or in Mexico City? Absolutely, especially not in the UK or Germany, since I haven't been to Germany before. Uh, it would be a good way to go. And you know, I, I was uh, you know the Cowboys. Uh, there's a Cowboys fan club uh, in London. And I was on with them during the draft, and they were uh, they were pretty hopeful that the Cowboys would be returning for one of those four games out in Europe. And uh, they were interviewing Will McClay, I believe it was before I came on, and they asked him the question, and Will said the Cowboys uh, vice president of, of player personnel said it doesn't look like it's going to work out this year and those guys were oh come on no there's four games out here and uh so i was braced for uh the letdown that came out today that uh they won't be returning to London. And uh, here are the international games as announced this morning on the NFL Network starting on October 2nd at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It'll be the Minnesota Vikings against the New Orleans Saints to be broadcast. That's a Sunday morning game, 830 uh, Dallas time on the NFL Network. The following week, October 9th, the Giants will play the Packers. Uh, at the same stadium, NFL Network at 8.30. And then the end of October, on October 30th at Wembley Stadium, is when the Jacksonville Jaguars will play the Denver Broncos in what is basically their annual game at uh, Wembley Stadium this year for Jacksonville. And that's where we thought perhaps if the Cowboys were going to go to London, it's because they're uh, scheduled to play at Jacksonville. So they will be playing at Jacksonville and not in London against Jacksonville this year. Year. And then the other two games that are added uh, in Munich, first game in Germany, it's the uh, Seattle Seahawks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think that was announced actually at the draft. Right. And uh, that is on November 13th, also a Sunday morning game. And then the Mexico City game is a Monday night game, November 21st, San Francisco and Arizona. That might be Troy Aikman's birthday, November 21st. I got to look it up. So he will be spending his birthday in Mexico City because that's an if ESPN. That's accurate, right? That's an ESPN Monday Night game. I thought when I saw that come out. Oh, I, that's right. It's an ESPN. Yeah, game. and he's a Monday Night Football. That's now. right. That's and, right. And uh, and I, I the thought occurred to me. Well, for the first time in about twenty years, Troy Aikman is going to be home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Yeah. <laughs> and because at first I was thinking, oh, Troy's got to do. He's he's doing a Monday night game, and then he's got to turn around and do Thursday. No, he doesn't do Thursday anymore. He's on ESPN. So <laughs> I, I heard one theory on why the Cowboys, uh, you know, because last time they went to London, they played Jacksonville, and. Uh, it's it. I I heard one theory that because of the cowboy fans uh, all over uh, the country here, that if they show up for an away game, that's usually a big sellout game for that team, uh, and uh, so when they go to Jacksonville, you know the cowboy fans can find tickets to that game, right? Right. And so, yeah, and you know, I don't know that Jerry still wants to give up a home game to go and play in London. Yeah. So, so yeah, I am disappointed. And it is, by the way, November 21st is Aikman's birthday. It is. So okay, very I, good, Bill. Why do I know that? Yeah, uh, why do you know that? Does it <laughs> correspond some with somebody else that's more important uh, in your life? No, Troy is very Troy important is. in okay. my life. He'll, All right. Do you want to know how old he'll be November 21st? I am going to guess uh, 55. 56. That was good. Yeah, very good. All right. All right, so there are your international games for 2022, uh, which means the Cowboys are uh, more likely to play an international game in 2023 now, although probably not uh, unless they're the visiting team. Yeah. Yeah. So. And since we're talking schedules, the NFL schedule is slated to come out next Thursday, so mm-hmm. May 12th. And as I pointed out in mix shots, they're coming out on DallasCowboys.com today. Uh, they're going to start on May 9th and start releasing other uh, significant games like Thanksgiving, uh, each team's home opener. Uh, and I'm guessing if all that's coming out by May 12th before the official announcement, we're going to know. We're going to know when we convene for, even though it won't shots, be official, when yeah. we convene for mix shots at 1130 next Thursday, some seven or eight hours before the official announcement, we, it will be leaked. I guarantee right. you. As I as I <laughs> pointed out with my little comment. That if the Supreme Court can't keep a secret, Mm -hmm. the NFL probably can't keep a secret. That's right. Yep. Usually comes out about an hour before they officially announce it anyway. This one's going to be days. You watch. Yep. All Uh, right. Okay. So where do we start as far as You want to see my draft order picture? (laughs) Your what? My draft. It's the nine draft picks. Oh, there you go. Remember Jerry with the... Oh, Holding that sucker up there. Yeah. Um, so, do we start at the very beginning? Yeah. Let's, uh, you know, overall, um, and and I think one thing that people don't take into account uh, was the Cowboys were drafting 24th. Uh, unless you wanted to give up draft picks to move up, uh, the reason you're drafting 24th is because you ended up with a 12 and 5 record, and they make it more difficult for the teams that got into the playoffs, advanced in the playoffs, uh, go to the Super Bowl uh, to get the top talent because this is a league that the meek shall inherit, mm-hmm. and so the least shall be first. That's right. And that's why everybody's going crazy about, well, look what the Giants did, and look what Philadelphia did, and look what Washington did. Well, yeah, they were drafting higher because they were poor. Uh, and Not so much Philadelphia, but uh, the Giants in Washington, you know, so they, they get the opportunity to get the best talent in the draft. And the they, Eagles were poor the year before, and right. then they made use of that by acquiring, by acquiring more, draft, more picks, draft picks, and then they had more. Yeah, exactly. So... They're supposed to get better. That's that's the idea of this whole socialized uh, NFL process. Uh, but I think from where the Cowboys were uh, and what they were trying to accomplish, uh, I think they did a, a, a pretty good job. Now, we can argue this, this, and this, but one of the things I think people need to take into consideration is, and I'll just take the first pick, when they took Tyler Smith, 
the guard tackle out of Tulsa at 24. There wasn't another offensive tackle taken until the third round. So if you had this guy high and you took a different position, uh, the talent level obviously went down after Tyler Smith because no one else thought a tackle was worth taking until the third round. And when it came to guards, uh, the only guard taken after uh, uh, Tyler Smith, Tyler Smith uh, was the infamous <laughs> Cole Strange. A very strange pick by the Patriots right? at number 29. What do you think those people did when they saw that pick? Which people? <laughs> the Patriots fans. <laughs> the Patriots fans. Right. And there were only two more guards taken in the second round. And, and, and so the talent level at those positions fell off. Uh, and I, I think there's some folks that think that the Cowboys took Tyler Smith like they got to 24. They didn't know what to do. And it's like, okay, let's take this guy. Uh, if they were going to do this in the first round with a guard tackle or a tackle guard, however you want to look at it, his name started coming up at least the day before. Uh, I, I didn't know much about him because the draft experts didn't know much about him. Uh, and they were on to him heading into uh, the draft. So just because his name wasn't familiar to everybody that does mock drafts, and some of them failed miserably in their mock drafts, I saw it an 0 for 32, by the way. Uh, you know, they don't know what they're doing either. So uh, I just thought uh, you have to look at if I take this guy here, then what's the next position that maybe I need that has guys in the second round that I can use and maybe into the third round? Because all the wide receivers were gone, right? Six of them? Six went in the first 18 picks. Right. Uh, and the top offensive tackles uh, were already uh, off the board. So unless they were going to go defense. In fact, in fact there were six offensive linemen, linemen that also went. Also. Yeah. So that's 12, right? Mm-hmm. Of the And so unless they were going to go defense, uh, this was, uh, I mean, this was going to be their pick. Okay, so Tyler Smith, obviously he's uh, he's very young, just turned 21 April 3rd. Why do I know that? No. Uh, I know that. And and someone very close to me had it an April, April 3rd. 3rd. That was okay. my mother. So there you go. Very good. All right. So uh, so I'll always remember that he's got April. Th- you know, Micah Parsons is May 26. You know how I know that? Someone very close to me's birthday is May 26. That would be me. You want me to give you a funny? Okay. So I didn't know anything about the significance of April 20th except that was my parents' anniversary. Uh-huh. And then I found out that April 20th had something to do with smoking weed all day long. <laughs> I thought it was the 21st. 420. 20th? 420. 420. 420. 420. That's right. 420. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I yeah. had no idea. <laughs> okay. We so digress. anyway, Okay. Yes. All right. So um, he's so young. He uh, basically has just started two seasons at the group of five level at Tulsa, um, converted to offensive line as a junior in high school. So he hasn't played the position all that long. Um, But why then, and so those are some of the reasons that the so-called experts did not have him. He's not a finished product, okay? He is, there is a projection on what he's going to be in the NFL. The Cowboys believe that because he has the tools that he has, he can start immediately, or they're going to give him the opportunity to start immediately inside at guard, and uh, we'll see. But, But why do you think the Cowboys had him ranked as high as they had him uh, which was above the two guards who probably 
who might, uh, in the case of Kenyon Green, I think he would be a better offensive guard this season probably than what Tyler Smith will be. And Zion Johnson was considered by a lot of people to be the top offensive guard in this draft, although he went behind Kenyon Green in the draft. So, But why did the Cowboys have Tyler Smith ranked so high, and why was he a priority for them, regardless of all the tackles being off the board? Why do they like this guy? I think – this is about – this is like playing craps. You put money on the come line, and that's what I think what they're doing here. And I think they feel like it's safer for him to start off at guard where you have – Sure. It's like playing bumper cars, right? You're in the middle of two bumper cars, and you're a little bit safer. Uh, and, and the fact that uh, it, it looks like he has some physical traits – uh, that um, uh, are conducive to eventually playing tackle. Mm-hmm. And the knock everybody gave on him is because somebody once wrote that he had all these holding penalties. And I thought if you go to DallasCowboys.com, Nick Eatman did a very good job of getting a hold of the head coach at Tulsa. And Phil he, Montgomery. Uh, yeah, and he explained that a lot of his penalties came because he was dominating people and, and that he's got such strong hands. It's almost like when when uh, Tyron Smith got here and they were like, it, and Nate started this. It was like he's, and that's, you know, the hotel. Once they grab you, you can't get away. Mm-hmm. And he felt like the guy would dominate people so badly and see somebody on the ground. And it's like, oh, well, he must have held him or, you know, had committed a penalty. So I think that's what the Cowboys were looking at for what he can give them down the road. And as for Kenyon Green, the medical report on him suggested that in a year or two, he may not be in the league because of the degenerative knee problem that he had. And the Cowboys were very, very skeptical about taking him to the point they hoped that they didn't have to make that decision. I'm going to, I'm going to read the Cowboys' mind. Okay. I don't think that they would have drafted, regardless, even if Kenyon Green was healthy right, and Zion Johnson, I don't think if, if, if let's say Tyler Smith was not in, in this draft, wasn't available, and you had Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson as they, your choices there, they would, have they, taken, would not, they would not have taken either one of no, them. No, they would have taken the defensive Like the uh, linebacker, linebacker, Devin Lloyd, or even Jermaine they could have even Johnson. taken Dax Hill, whoever. Right. You know, they would have taken best player or tried to trade down. They, they probably would have traded down and then taken whatever. See, this but, is but, the, they, but the reason that Tyler Smith is more valued in that room than all those other guys is because they project him – to eventually be Tyron Smith's replacement at left tackle. Right. That's why he is the first-round draft pick. That is why he was ranked as high on their board, too, is that's what scouts do. It's not just what that product is right now. It's what this guy can be in the future, and that is why that was more valuable to them uh, than any other position on the board. That Whether they're going to come out and say it or not, they look at him because we'll see how much longer Tyron Smith can play. But they, but especially since he's only 21 years old, Tyler Smith. Right. They look at him. It could be four years from now. Okay, his second contract even. If, if Tyron hopefully will be able to play five more years, whatever. But they look at at uh, Tyler Smith as being his eventual replacement. And with Tyron Smith, it's an unknown, right? Can he play another year? Mm-hmm. Can he play two years? Can he play three years? With guys like that that are kind of – and he's not that old, right? He's going to turn 30 – he's 31, I think, mm-hmm. right now. But it could end any time. And at that point, then you're going to be in a draft going, oh, my God, i got to take somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I've already got that no matter when it happens. And I and if he can play guard, then he can transition any time to, to uh, the tackle position. Instead of saying I'm going into the draft and I gotta have this, they already have it in place. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it, a 
uh, a term insurance policy. And, and and so in the meantime, he can play guard until he's needed at tackle, or if he and who knows, maybe he won't develop. I mean, that's the that's the, the it's a crapshoot sometimes, and so you don't know for sure how these guys are going to develop. That's why it's an inexact science. And but, the guard position, we talked about it last week. The guard position is not a highly valued spot. See, here's what they could have done if they did not take a guard. If they did not value Tyler Smith that greatly, okay, and they didn't want to take a guard in the first round, they could have done what the Washington Commanders did. Washington had a need for a guard, and the day after the draft on Monday, they they signed Trey Turner, a right. veteran free agent who they are very familiar with because uh, Ron Rivera and Carolina, when he was at Carolina, they drafted him in the third round. He made the Pro Bowl five years. They signed him to a very economical one-year, three million dollar contract. The Cowboy, if the if the Cowboys did not satisfy that need in this draft, they would have been, for instance, right in the market for a Trey Turner, uh, and so they weren't desperate to fill that position. They're, they had other alternatives. That's how highly they feel about Tyler Smith as his eventual uh, you know, being a, um, a, guy, a fixture on this offensive line maybe for the next decade. Being and a pick. the other thing that would have happened is they would have further entertained those trade-down offers because right. they had them. If they were going to take somebody else, they could have traded down. But they found out one of the teams trying to trade up to their spot. I believe that it was, was the, the guy that the, the, yeah, the Jets. They wanted. they wanted Tyler Smith. So yeah, it, it's like other people knew about him uh, and, and, and knew about his his value at that point in the first round. Okay, because they're looking at the same board, basically, that the Cowboys are looking at. They all basically have these players graded about the same. And they saw that the next true offensive tackle on the board was Bernard Ryman, who wound up going in the third round. Right. You know, and so they did not have a as high uh, – you know, they there was which probably the experts a full... had going in the first round. Right. By yeah, the way. some some did. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so that's that's the first pick, and I I think after that, the value picks. I I I you know, the Sam Williams thing, guy's pretty talented mm-hmm. pass rusher. Now I don't know about playing the run, uh, but he can get to the quarterback. That was twelve and a half sacks. I think ten and a half in the regular in the regular season. Twelve and a half sacks. No, yep. nobody at Ole Miss has had that many sacks in a single season. And by the way, that was playing a five technique in a three-man front. Too. Right, and 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 I think that you know, with his hand on the ground as a four technique, um, he might be even more explosive there. Um, so, uh, and then maybe the steal of the draft is the third-round pick. Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver, South Alabama. Like what you're seeing. I started looking at his stuff, and he had speed, he had catch radius, and he has the ability to play all three uh, wide receiver spots. And I had it on good authority of someone that's seen him play uh, multiple times that they didn't understand why he wasn't a higher draft pick than 24th in the third round, 88 88 overall. overall. Couldn't understand it. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that guy uh, if he can come in and do uh, what he did at South. And evidently he had some some bigger schools uh, interested in him. And they came in late, and he had committed to South Alabama, and decided to stick with his uh, stick with his commitment. There, as if you're watching on DallasCowboys.com, here you can uh, see some of that video of Jalen Tolbert. You know, he's a he was a late bloomer also because he didn't uh, he didn't really play much his first couple of years at South Alabama, but then uh-huh. started the last three years there. Uh, and I'm told go watch this. This he was at the Senior Bowl. Yes. Go watch the Senior yeah, Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I watched it this morning. Uh, yep. He was impressive at the Senior Bowl. 
And, of course, 82 catches, nearly 1,500 yards, and eight touchdowns his last year at uh, South Alabama. 6-1 and a quarter, 195, ran a 4-4-9. I've got him down with a 10-yard split of 149, which is really quick. Um, and I'm looking to see I, – I don't have in my notes here – the other offers that he had. But, yeah, he's from Mobile, Alabama, and uh, wanted to stay close to home and played at South Alabama. Of course, he also had the option then after a after his junior season, in which he had 64 catches for over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. With the transfer portal, he could have transferred uh, to a bigger school even last year and uh, decided to stay at South Alabama. He should have held out for more money. <laughs> I saw – I read a story today about the coaches – uh-huh. Wanting to fix that transfer portal yep. to put a limit on when and uh, when you can transfer, have a transfer portal uh, season, and then after well, they, that, they've done that. I mean, they've May first was the deadline, right? And so that's why it came to a head here the last few days, uh, and why they're the last of the transfer portals are now coming out, including the pit wide receiver, right? Uh, I think they wanted to shorten that so. Colleges know their number of scholarships available. You know, what's interesting about that, uh, not to fully digress to that, uh, the fact that it's May 1st, is, which has got to be very frustrating to college coaches, is that's after spring ball. So you've worked with these, these whoever, whether it's a receiver or anybody, you've worked with them, you've invested all the time into them throughout spring ball, and then they decide after, after the spring game that, oh, I don't want to be here anyway. Right. Uh, and, and they transfer someplace else. And if they so, do so it. So if you're going to do it, make it a spring break deal. I mean, make it like March 15th. Or you can do it at the signing day, uh, you know, the high school signing day, which is the first Wednesday in February. Actually, that would be more fair because now that way you would when you're handing them. out scholarships, mm-hmm. you know, okay, I got two more right. available. Now right. they don't have any more available. Right. right. Or make your decision like they do for the NFL, you know, where you're transferring, um, you know. But, but then the comeback on that is, well, there are coaching openings that happen in after – Signing day, whatever. And I get it. Coaches are free to go, so players should be free. But to there's go. no there's no scholarship limit on coaches. You can hire as many as you want, whenever mm-hmm. you want. These guys, you only have what twenty five a year. Yep, eighty five total. Eighty five total. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no limit on your coaching. Staff. And there's a there's a deadline on when those renew. So, at the renewal date, that's when the transfer portal needs to be settled. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. But uh, anyway. Yeah. All right. So we will come back and dive into the rest of these nine picks the Cowboys made and uh, some of these undrafted guys that have caught their eye as well when we come back here on Mix Shots. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. At AT AT&T... Everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. 
It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Back, back, to mixed shots. That would be go, Mick. K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. From corporate homes to your home, have your roof checked by choice, not by chance. Call now, 214-225-4860, kpostcompany.com. Did you have a late night last night? I bet you did. I did. You were watching hockey, weren't you? Golly. You're frustrated? Yes, what frustrates you You only had to most? watch the first period. Well, it got better than that, although oh, the score did. didn't change. The score didn't change. <laughs> the end of the first period. Give me one goal, right? One goal. The end of the first period was heated. Mm-hmm. Yes. There was. They did you, uh, how long they had the rule about the, the second fight I rule? didn't realize that. Okay, it must be a new rule. You're a, you're a hockey guy. Yeah, I, for, uh, I forgot about it. What we're talking it. about is uh, two players. Uh, it was Klingberg for the Stars and Anderson for Calgary were ejected from the game. because They had uh, third man in. Well, it was no, a, a it was second, second fight. fight. Second fight is oh. the way they termed it, and by yeah. rule, they're ejected from the game. Uh, Maybe that rule's so good that they don't do it anymore. Yeah, I was thinking. You know what? That is a great idea. There's a fight that breaks out, and then you go find the best player on the other team, and you pick a fight with him. You're <laughs> get the him out of the fight, game. Right? Get him out of the game. Jump on the bench. Uh-huh. So it's no slap, so, no slap shot. So right? I, and I don't know. I'm not a hockey person at all, so I don't know. If this rule may have been in the books for 50 years, for all I know. But let's say it's a new rule. That video of last night's games getting getting shown to every playoff team in the league. If you're a good player and a fight breaks out, you go hide on the bench. Go go somewhere. skate right That's to right. the bench. Lay down on the ice. You know, you're not getting in a fight because you're getting ejected if you do. There will be some headhunters looking for you. Speaking of headhunters, and I know we're off the subject, but the penalty that led to their Calgary's power play goal, it was for hitting the guy in the head. Mm-hmm. Guy dropped his head. He was going to get <laughs> checked, and he dropped his head down, and, and the guy hit him in the head. It's like, well, that's like in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Contact to the uh, head. Targeting. Well, if a guy drops his head after I'm getting ready to hit him. They still call the foul. Mick. They still call it. I know, but it's not fair. <laughs> it was McKinney out. McKinney's own, by the way. Do you have an NHL cap, uh, referee's cap, too? <laughs> I should have brought in my NFL <laughs> one, right? Uh, and then you'll have a late night tonight. Are you as into the yes. Mavericks as you are the yes. Stars? Yes, yes. I didn't give up on them either Okay. on the first game. This is, this, is this a must-win tonight for the Mavericks it, playing at it, Phoenix? It would help. You've, you've, Although they haven't won there have in how many years? Nine, nine, oh, I was going to say 19. It was 2018, I think, something okay. like that. Yeah. Like 11 it's or 12 straight 11, yeah. I think that's what it is. And the, have you seen the percentage if you lose the first two games of a series? What's the percentage? Oh, that you I'm win guessing the, it's no more than 15%. It's like 7.8%. Okay. So, especially when you're playing against a 64 win team. Like the best team uh, in the, in the a best conference. Team, the best team in the league by nine games. They're awfully good. By yeah, the way. they are. Yeah. So. And there's nobody. And they came out with a vengeance in game one. Sort of like Calgary. Uh, they, they, they were like the San Francisco 49ers coming on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they playing with such right? <laughs> passion? Yes. So how much this Cowboys draft was uh, just the makeup of the players was based on what this organization saw from its players in the postseason this year? I think, I think quite a bit. And, and and see the good thing was I don't think they they said okay I need this and I'm going to reach I think what they did it was like a process of deduction like okay if I take this guy here what position now is more stocked afterwards like like the uh, you know the they 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 were hoping they could get to tight end right. And a bunch of tight ends went off the board 
uh, before they got to Jake Ferguson. Uh, but like the wide receiver, I think that they decided, okay, the top ones are gone. Now there's more wide receivers I can get in the second and third. I don't have to reach for one. And I think what I'm getting at is the way the Niners came on that field. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, you could tell that they were not only ready to play, but they knew they were going to win that game. Okay. When I watched the Suns against the Mavericks the other night, okay, and Devin Booker, and the way he was talking trash to Jalen Brunson early in that game, that was after they got out to the lead, whatever. Right. The Suns have been to the NBA Finals before. They've been down this road before. They've got Chris Paul, one of the great point guards in the league, and Devin Booker, obviously one of the best players in the league. But Booker comes out, and he's got this attitude about him that we're better than you, you know. Um, it goes back to the Debo jukebox, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, it's almost they, like there's a certain that when you go back to the Cowboys of the nineties, you know, when Michael Irvin's coming on the field and Charles Haley and Eric Williams and all that, they know they're going to win this football game. Right. And that is something that, um, when you're, when you're evaluating players in the draft, you're, you're looking for players who have that look about them. And I think Jalen Tolbert might have that about him, the, the third round, round wide receiver. It's uh, like these teams looking to go, I got this mosquito on my arms. Mm-hmm. Just get it off. Uh-huh. Right? Because yeah. I know and, I'm. And for that matter, Tyler Smith at a lower level, he didn't play at Alabama, but at Tulsa, the, the aggression that he played with, you know, there's some Eric Williams in his game. And I'll, you know? I'll give you another guy, too, they took. Damone Clark, mm-hmm. LSU. You know LSU walks on the yep. field and they're God's gift to football, right? And I'll guarantee you he has that uh, same attitude. The unfortunate thing for him uh, is that <clears throat> he'll start the season on pup. And they knew that. That was, that was like, okay, I've got all these fifth-round picks, four of them. And instead of – and they didn't use one to trade around to, you know, maybe move up and around somewhere or someplace for somebody. They used it on a guy that's basically another one. Like, okay, he may not help as much, if at all, this year, but it's a hell of a linebacker that should have been taken in the second or third round that we're getting in the fifth. Uh, problem was – and he played all last year at LSU, but when he went to the Combine, uh, they discovered in the very, very uh, detailed uh, phys- uh, physical that he had a herniated disc in his neck and that he needed surgery, and he had the surgery. So did that say something about his toughness, that he's able to so, play with a herniated I, I guess, disc? I, you think he <laughs> just didn't, like, I guess you can have a herniated it? disc and not be right. pained by it, but I don't know. But So they did the surgery that fuses two of your vertebrae together because they've got to remove that disc. Uh, and uh, it's, it's quite significant, but guys play after that. Daryl Johnson had the same surgery. And uh, he ended up playing another season before he injured himself again. And he said at the time he promised the doctor that if they did the surgery and he played football and anything else close to that happened, that he would retire, and he did. And then Leighton Vanderish had it two years ago. Uh, same thing, where they fuse uh, the vertebrae together. Uh, so... Uh, you know, they're hoping it's a it's a four closer to six month recovery. And if you do the math for March, that gets you through September. By the time you get ready to play football, that takes up uh, October. Maybe they get a a month out of them of the season, a portion of the season out of them. And if not, it's for next year. But I. And maybe the the use of spine is all-encompassing in your back, but I heard someone use the term spinal fusion. They can't fuse your spine together, right? They fuse the vertebrae together. Uh, if, they, if they're fusing your spine together, you got bigger problems than worrying about playing football. Well, he ran a four-five-seven at the combine and had a ten-seven broad jump with a herniated disc in where, wherever his neck 
spine, wherever it was. So, <laughs> you know, and you watch him on film. Wow. Yeah. That guy, he can move to the football. In fact, I think had he been healthy throughout the draft process, uh, he would have been right up there with Devin Lloyd as end a, of the first as a possible late first round pick. Do you see the picture of him without his shirt on? Yes. Yeah. Do you see those and, arms? And that might have put him ahead of Devin Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, he had I looked at him, I didn't even look at him because he was hurt. Yeah. Had I looked at him, he he might have been my Daniil Hunter out of LSU because that was one of the reasons why. I, uh, I had Daniil Hunter as a possible first-round draft pick when he came out in 2015 because I saw him with his shirt off. I said, he was 20 years old. I said, you know, that wearing that number 18 right there says yes. a lot. So Special number at LSU, mm-hmm. right? Yep. They Best won't... leader on the team gets number 18, and he wore it for two years. Look how strong he is. He just mm-hmm. threw that guy down like a rag doll, if you get to watch this. Uh that we are seeing right now with uh, some of his uh, highlights at LSU. But he's got makeup, too. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, – he's You know what impressed me it, during his interview with the media here after uh, he was selected? And they asked him what were his thoughts about having to have that surgery. And he basically said, when, when I got out of surgery, my first thought was on my daughter. He's got a two-year-old daughter. And he said, and I want to make sure I can be a dad and be able to do the things with my daughter the rest of my life. And, and I thought that was a, a very thoughtful uh, response. So we are, in fact, I said at the time, when the Cowboys are on the board with four picks in that round, I was like, someone asked me, well, do you take a shot on that on, on that player? I said, heck yeah, it's no risk in the fifth round, when you, especially when you got four fifth round picks. Right. Heck yes, take him. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, and there's – okay, they took a tight end in the fourth, Jake Ferguson. And Okay, so, and so the interesting on Ferguson is that uh, – and we all can see the Cowboys roster and, and we know that there was a need for a second tight end. And then if you, when you look at the salary situation, the contract of – your starter, Dalton Schultz, and he's the franchise player, and you've got decisions to make on signing him long term. And, and really, it boils down to that okay, he's on the, the one year $10.9 million franchise tag right now, but if you're going to sign him long term, do you want him another option in case he wants, you know, a whole, whole lot of money? You know? Right. He's going to get a whole lot of money regardless. Uh, and, and so. Here's here was the what I was hoping the Cowboys could do at the outset of the draft was like trade down a, a couple of spots, five spots, whatever in the first round, pick up another top hundred pick, mm-hmm. okay, so that you get four top one hundred picks. Obviously, they they weren't comfortable doing that, and it was prudent on their part to stay where they were in order to get the guy that they wanted. Okay, then at that point. You've got to make the decision after you make your three picks and you haven't satisfied that tight end need that you have. Is it worth it to move number your fourth round, 129, and take a pair of your fifth round picks? Because that's what it would have taken in order to climb back into the third round and, say, draft a Jeremy Ruckert, the tight end from Ohio State. Uh, or Kate Otten who went the first pick first of pick the, fourth the fourth round of Tampa Bay. And I think that had crossed their mind. And uh, and so uh, – and it probably crossed their mind going into Saturday. If Kate Otten was still there, ten picks into the fourth round, where it only cost you a one fifth-round pick to move up, right? then they might have, might have done that. Uh, as it turns out, uh, and you look at Tampa Bay's draft, I believe Tampa Bay had traded down, and they picked up – they did with Jacksonville. That's how they got that first pick of the fourth round. And so they probably had it on their mind. That's where they would get a tight end, and sure enough. Because that, that was the sweet spot for tight ends. Um, you know, if you weren't – the first tight end went off uh, in the second round, and I think the Cowboys probably were interested in Trey McBride, but they had a, a – a greater value on the pass rusher, Sam Williams. And then they had a great value on the wide receiver, Jalen Tolbert. And so now if you're lo- if you're looking at the needs that the Cowboys had, offensive line, uh, pass rusher slash 
uh, wide receiver were your top three needs in this draft. Right. And probably fourth on the list would be maybe tight end. And we're talking at this point the second tight end. Right. The second tight end. And And if you tell me they lost that playoff game because they didn't have a second tight end, I'd probably laugh. (laughs) But it's still valuable. But they need one. Right. That's but, right. But in, and, the, in and, the pecking order. And, and, the, and then the way you've got, and I don't know how they had their, their tight ends ranked, but we can assume that Ruckert and Otten were up there. Charlie Kohler was another one. Ferguson was another one. Um, James Mitchell might have been another one. Uh, and Is so Dulcich uh, out of UCLA, I don't, I'm not sure. He's if more of a receiver that, than anything you know, else. They, would, they like a guy, especially as a second tight end, who can be an inline blocker as right. well. And, you know, Ruckert did a lot of that at Ohio State, and they didn't throw the ball much to the tight end because their wide receivers were so good. I think he's got a great future uh, as a uh, receiving tight end mm-hmm. himself. And so uh, so anyway, that was the choice they had to make, and they decided not to. And had they done that, then they probably wouldn't have Damone Clark. Right. If they had traded you those traded fifth-round fifth. picks to move up. Right, exactly. So they wouldn't have had the luxury to be able to uh, – to take an uh, at-risk player in the fifth round like that. And so then it came down to uh, tight ends, and Kohler went before Ferguson. And I think – I don't know which one they had ranked higher, but they were happy to get either one of them at that point yeah, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, your thoughts on Big John Ridgeway? Well, there's a guy that started 40 games at Arkansas, and, I mean, they need a big old guy in the middle of their defensive line, right? And, you know, they lost Brent Urban. Uh, and they had not filled that need in free agency. And so Ridgeway is right there in the hunt, you know, with um, uh, the big guy from last year, Bohannon, you know. And they re-signed Carlos Watkins. Yeah. So. You know what I like best about him? They call him Big John. (laughs) (laughs) Big, bad John. That he's big, 6'5", 321. Uh, And I like what – Will McClay said about him, he knows who he is. He's, he's, he's a big guy that's going to play the run technique, and he's got to do the dirty work inside, basically, uh, to help stop the run. And so if, if he's a first and second down defensive tackle, so be it, right? That's uh, where you take that player in the fifth round. Right. Or Bohannon last year was in the sixth round, sixth wasn't he? Sixth round, yeah. yes. So that's where you – you take a guy who's not a three-down player for you. And 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 he's fine with it, right? He's not going to pout like, oh, I don't get to rush the quarterback. He knows he's in there to stop the run uh, and, and take up space and take up blockers. And so uh, I thought that was a pretty good value there uh, at the uh, uh, at that pick. Which was 178 overall. All right, uh, we need to take a break, and there's a few more players we need to run down when we come back here on Mix Shots. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting Cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com slash Cowboys. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then... Let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit unitedagandturf.com. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. 
you deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back, back, to mixed shots. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lens for you. See more, do more, Essilor. All right, I've got a correction to make on John Ridgway. It wasn't all at Arkansas, his 40 career starts. He was at Illinois State for four years, redshirted in 2017. So I'm reading it now out of my big green notebook. See how accurate Bill is? Because when I heard that, I go, I don't think that's right. And uh, then I said, no, Bill knows what he's talking about. And 12 games, 11 starts at Arkansas last year. He actually, last calendar year, played 16 games because he was at Illinois State and they played a spring schedule Very in 2021. Good. So he's already played an NFL season, Mickey. So there you go. There. He's ready. Uh-huh. That's There's why they call him Big John. Yeah. I remember that now. There you go. And by the way, we're going to get a chance to see these guys next week because the That's rookie right. mini camp, uh, the guys start coming in on Thursday of next week and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the rookie minicamp. All right, we have not talked about Matt Willetsko, tackle from North Dakota, fifth-round pick. I like uh, drafting an offense. I can't tell you that I've watched him play, but I like taking an offensive lineman there um, because, I mean, really you look at the at the depth now on the offensive line, and let's just say Tyler Smith, even though he'll work some at left tackle, some at left guard, uh, when Tyron is not – getting the full reps in practice because he doesn't need to because he's a veteran. All right, so you've got a guy in him who can play inside or outside. And then, obviously, at right tackle, you've got Terrence Steele and you've got Josh Ball, fourth-round pick last year. And now you throw in a fifth-rounder this year in Matt Willetsko as another tackle. Uh, and so there's good competition there. Uh, inside – You know, the other thing. Yes. And I think – Jerry might have mentioned it. He said that this guy is capable of playing right or left Mm -hmm. and that this just might uh, supersede having to sign a veteran swing tackle. Definitely. I think that's They think this guy can step up Uh, and do that. uh, The combination of Willetsko and Ball, they do not have to sign a Ty Inseki or uh, Cam Irving type player uh, this year. Now, you look inside, though, and that still the backup center, they they seem to like Matt Farniok, the seventh rounder out of Nebraska from last year and his progress in the offseason program and so forth. You've got, obviously, Biotish is your returning starter at center, and you get Zach Martin at right guard, and you hope that the 21-year-old first-round draft pick is going to be your starter at left guard. If he's not ready, you got Connor McGovern, who has started games. Uh, and so is there a need for, for a veteran guy guard. with center experience? Because because what you're looking at – I could see if that. Biotish, if Biotish got hurt, yeah, then who's uh, – and I'm looking at game day. Okay, with what the, the way things are currently constituted in, in, on your depth chart. Now you did have some some rookie free agents that they seem to like uh, that they signed a couple of them, uh, the Boston College and uh, James Empey as, as well, I think from BYU. Okay, so those are a couple of guys who could be in the mix, but again, they're college free agents. So do you need a veteran? interior offensive lineman at a vet, veteran minimum salary to come in who has who has uh, started games at center in this they league. need they need the next veteran Joe Looney mm-hmm. somebody capable of guard center or can Connor McGovern learn how to play, play center, center this offseason is that is that a project for 
uh, OTAs. And I was so hoping forth. he'd learn how to play guard. <laughs> well, now you got your guard, but but he, you need backups, though, yeah. right? I mean, just kind of like the same deal. That's the reason that Connor Williams was snapping in preseason games right. last year. I tried to explain that to somebody, and they just wouldn't. It wasn't because they wanted to make him the starting center. Exactly. It was because they had to have someone who could snap, and especially on your game day roster. Okay. So let's say because you knew Williams was going to be active. Because let's say you've got it right now, the your depth chart. I mean, backup guys on your offensive line who have snapped, who have who've played center. I mean, Connor McGovern was in a game or two in college, maybe at Penn State. I don't remember. Like maybe uh, his Matt Farniok's the only sophomore one, really. year. Yeah. yeah. No. No. You're right. right. And so you would have to make Farniok has got to be on your active roster on game day, the way things are currently put together. And he was a former guard that they moved to Mm -hmm. center, so maybe he can do both. But you're right. Uh, That's exactly exactly the situation they're in right there. And And then the other guy we didn't talk about. Deron Bland, the corner. Deron Bland, corner. I like his tape. Yeah, and you you need need depth there. Uh, and special teams, right? That's how he would make this and team. He, and, by the way, much like Ridgeway, uh, who was at uh, Illinois State and then played his last year at Arkansas, Deron Bland was at Sacramento State and played his last year at Fresno State, which may have been a reason why uh, he was not on uh, the the so-called experts' right. uh, mock drafts and, uh, and was a late bloomer as far as the draft process goes. Right, and then – the linebacker they took in the sixth round, Devin Harper, they just needed linebackers. They needed linebackers, uh, a guy that can play special teams and, and again and try to make the team that way. Um, because, you know, if assuming Damone Clark doesn't help the depth this year, they needed some extra help. Uh, before we uh, finish here, one of the – undrafted free agents that I thought we should spend at least a minute on. Okay. Jonathan Garibay. Oh, the kicker. They got him a kicker. They didn't have to use a draft choice. Out of Texas Tech, he is accustomed to kicking in windy conditions. And uh, now that gives them two, but that doesn't mean they don't find somebody else. And I think we talked about this uh, during the draft that there's going to be Veteran kickers probably released somewhere there along were, the line. The Jets, and the next day, the, two the, of them, right? Uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. Cleveland, uh, they drafted Cade York, the right. prosper kicker. They drafted him in the fourth round. And so uh, they released Chase McLaughlin and the unfortunate name for a kicker, Chris Blewett. Blewett, yes. Uh, on Monday. I, I don't even – just the connotation there, because if he misses one, I don't want to see that headline. Yeah. Chris blew it. Uh, but somebody else will come around. But this guy, he made 15 of 16 uh, for Texas Tech this last year. His only miss was from 53. Uh, and he did hit uh, uh, the game winner uh, 62 yards. Uh, against Iowa State, and that qualified Texas Tech for a bowl game. So there was an amount of pressure on that, and he also hit two field goals. He only kicked three games for Tech in 2020, and in against Baylor when they won 24-23, he hit four field goals. The third one was with four minutes to go in the game from 46, and then the game winner – Another walk-off was from 25 yards to 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 beat uh, Baylor that year. And the final score was 24-23, and he made four field goals? Well, so don't happened? ask me what how happened? they got to. What happened on those two extra points? Maybe he missed an extra point. <laughs> he might have missed two extra points. I think he missed – I think <laughs> they might have gone for two one yeah. time. And I think he missed one because okay. he was one for two on, okay. on extra points in his career. <laughs> yeah. And those are shorter we've seen, extra We've points. seen enough missed extra points around here, yeah, right? Yeah, that's why that guy's with the Jets right now. <laughs> that's right. So, anyway, I – you know, he's got a strong leg. 
Uh, and again, the reason a lot of people didn't know about him, he two years at Ju JUCO uh, at Riverside City College. Okay. And then he came to Tech. And um, greatest kicker in the history of the NFL. Who is it? Texas Tech? No. No. Is Justin Tucker considered? Oh, yes, 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 yes. College free agent. Because he's got the best, yeah. College right. free agent. Right. Dan Bailey? College, College free, free agent. agent. Right. That's why you're not drafting a kicker, Mickey. Right. The Cowboys have drafted nine of them during their, <laughs> their days, by the way. Who's the best one that they drafted? Think about it and have it for us next week here on Mixed I Shots. have them in my mind. I think the only two that made it were David Beeler and uh, Hopefully he's not Nick, the best. Nick Folk, and they weren't the best. Well, Nick Folk, I mean, if you're going to compare Nick Folk versus David Beeler, I'll take Nick Folk. Actually, in he's 19, still kicking in this league. 1986, they used a fourth-round pick <laughs> on a kicker, Max Zendejas. Zendejas. Because they were worried that uh, Rafael Septien's back was going out. And so they said, well, we better get a kicker. And then Septien beat him out, and Zendayas ended up kicking three years in the league. Green Bay combined three years, Green Bay and Washington, and that was it. All right. Well, eventually Everson is going to show up, but those, we're going to be off the air. By those the five minutes got stretched <laughs> out to 65 minutes. All right. So he goes undrafted again yes. this week. All right, so that does it for this edition of Mix Shots, and we will be back at our regular time next Thursday at 1130, and we will see you then. Go Rookie Minicamp. There you go. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!